live webinar. Uh, we're going to give you one good reason why you should make a, a, a will to settle your affairs when you die today, and many other good reasons uh, for expats living and working abroad. The whole issue is complicated. Uh, we've all got one uh, funeral to go to during our lifetime, which is our own. Um, but you can see other people around you, grandparents, parents, younger people with accidents. Um, when the time comes, it's a time of family grief, but then their affairs need to be settled and they need to be settled with, with the law of the land. The one good reason why expats living and working abroad in the EU should have a, a will is that under EU law, um, your worldwide estate needs to be settled in the country in which you're resident. So if you're an expat living and working abroad in the EU, uh, that country will want to assess your worldwide affairs in terms of settling your estate. Um, this uh, leaves your family and your business subject to local taxes, subject to local laws of intestacy, and subject to um, uh, different rules on how the assets may be distributed. So let's consider some of those in a bit more detail, other good reasons. In the UK and Ireland, uh, you've got the right to make a will. This is under English law and define who the beneficiaries are. Um, if you die without a will, then there's a, a, a prescribed way in which the estate is distributed among uh, legal beneficiaries, which are our spouse and, and children uh, or remote relatives. Um, but without that uh, nomination through the, the will, um, you don't get to choose who will benefit. Um, and, and that could, could cause some issues. In certain jurisdictions, if you consider places like uh, Cyprus and France, uh, there's forced airship. You have to distribute the estate in line with the, the laws of the country. So that could be a certain amount to the spouse and a certain amount to the children. Um, and, and, and that is it. So if a husband and wife want to leave everything to each other, that's not always possible if you're an expat living and working abroad. Um, so we'll look at some solutions later, but you've got to consider what the forced airship rules are. So if you're living abroad in, in Cyprus or France or Spain or, or Portugal, the, 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 the local laws, if you die there, could enforce a settlement of your estate in, in that jurisdiction. And then on top of that, um, the money doesn't necessarily go where, where you'd like it to go. So that's a good reason to make a will if you're an expat living and working abroad. But why should you make one in, in different jurisdictions? We'll look at that issue slightly differently later on. So how can the, the forced airship rules affect you inadvertently? Well, every time uh, um, under forced airship rules, the beneficiaries could be a legal spouse or it could be uh, a, a, a child. If uh, children have remote, have their own children, so you've got grandchildren or great-grandchildren, uh, they become potential beneficiaries and therefore they could benefit from the will be, before your spouse. So you could leave a widow, widower, um, and uh, but a great-grandchild could be a beneficiary 
of some of the estate before them. So it's all complexity and a chance for confusion, misunderstanding and dispute in the family after, after this, the estate is finished. Marriage is also a change of legal status. So as soon as um, a, a, a potential beneficiary to your estate gets married, that person becomes the um, uh, legally entitled to a share of those assets. Um, so if, if you're worth a million and your daughter gets married, um, she's immediately entitled to 50% of that, that settlement of that estate um, if they get divorced. And so you're diluting your assets um, unbeknowingly. So you could leave everything to your children by naming it in a will. So it's another good reason to make a will. Similarly, if there's a divorce, then that can impact as well. So on a divorce generally, let's say the assets are split 50-50, then um, there's a dilution of, of the estate. Um, but the, the divorce people lose any potential benefit to that asset. So um, that could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. So um, if, if you're getting divorced and then remarried and you want your second wife to, to, or husband to benefit, um, the, the first marriage partner is no longer a beneficiary. As soon as the legal divorce comes through, they're no longer entitled to benefit on the estate under forced or airship rules. So think about that. Um, the, the, the second partner's children or stepchildren, they don't necessarily benefit from the estate. So you could be a surrogate parent to those people. Unless you adopt them formally, then they're not automatically beneficiaries of your estate in, in, a, in a, a forced airship regime. So something to think about. There could be a scenario where you've brought up children as your own, as a step-parent, but you're not legally tied. Therefore, under forced airship rules, uh, those uh, stepchildren aren't, aren't entitled to benefit. Do you want them to? It's a good reason to make a will. If you don't want them to, it's a good reason to make a will. If you want your children from your bloodline to benefit, um, because there's... Um, because you've got no children by your second partner or your third partner, you've got no children by them, but you want your children by your first uh, marriage to, to benefit, then uh, you have to make, it's a good reason to make a will to, to make sure that they benefit in the right proportion that you want compared to your, your current wife or partner or, or husband. Ah, gender neutral speak. It's a wonderful thing these days, isn't it? Um, if you want more information on this, go along to our website. We've got lots of different sections on, on wills and, and state management and how you can protect family and business living and working abroad in the event that somebody dies. Uh, if you want to chat with us, you can go along uh, to our retained client service at parentpartnership.co.uk and we can answer your questions as you go along. Uh, divorce is another uh, scenario that changes a legal status. So uh, if your um, uh, children get divorced, 
um, that uh, in-law is no longer entitled to a share of your estate under forced heirship rules, but they have uh, grandchildren that you may want to benefit. So how do you account for that? A good reason for making a will that you can ensure that your grandchildren are protected and that their family's asset and wealth is protected and not frittered away. Um, because if the, uh, the, the children, um, the, the in-law has divorced and got remarried, the in-law's second partner is again potentially a beneficiary uh, by default under forced heirship rules at the expense of your grandchildren which may have custody with your uh, in-law who's divorced from your child. Now that is a statement that needs a graphic and we'll be putting one up that is available for download to our website at productpartnership.com about just how complicated it can get. So what we're talking about in a family, that there are legal relationships. If, if you're married, you have a legal tie and you fall under forced ownership rules as a potential beneficiary of a potentially limited part of the estate. If you're divorced, you lose that right. Um, but blood relative children, even after divorce, are still potential beneficiaries of your estate. To protect their inheritance, it's a good reason to make a will. Um, remarriage, second marriages involve more people whether that's you, your children, or, or your grandchildren. As they get married, that brings people into the net who've got a claim on your estate, directly or indirectly. To protect the family's um, uh, uh, wealth and business, uh, it's important to, in a very good reason, to, to make a will. Um, the EU law requires you to uh, settle your worldwide affairs in a country of which you're tax resident. And the majority of EU countries have forced airship rules. So it's something that you need to take on board and you need to uh, be proactive with uh, in terms of a very good reason to make a will. Um, but what about your business? As an expat, uh, what, what about managing your business? Well, it's again, it's the same as wherever you live except it's more complicated. Um, if you've got a business and you've got no will and no succession planning within the business, then the business will go into administration. That will be a third party expensive administration that will continue to run the business or the business will collapse and close and any goodwill and any embedded value in that business is lost. So um, you need a will for the business and a succession plan for the business to make sure that the shares um, uh, are passed to the people that you want to benefit and not to a third party administrator who will then wind up the business and distribute any net value to your beneficiaries. Um, you could see a lifetime of work thrown away if you don't take care of your business with your succession planning. For more information, contact us at productpartnership.com um, uh, either through our live chat service at, at productpartnership.co.uk or from our main website. We offer a free review to expats living and working abroad to review their family and business uh, will and estate planning. Uh, another good reason to make a will is the taxman. 
So in a country like Cyprus, if an expat's living in Cyprus, inheritance tax is zero. If you leave it to the family, it's zero. If you sell it to a third party, there's some uh, capital gains taxes, but generally there's no inheritance tax in Cyprus. In the UK, uh, you've got a worldwide inheritance tax, 40%. And in other jurisdictions as well, throughout the EU, you will have an inheritance tax. Sometimes it's charged um, to the on the estate on death, and sometimes it's charged to the beneficiaries who receive that money. It's a good reason to make a will. Now, the, the will creates a, a trust on, on death where the assets can be put in one place, managed by the administrator and passed over to the beneficiaries, which is a good plan. You can also make lifetime, lifetime trusts. And unfortunately, they have been abused by many people in the world uh, and used to manage their affairs and minimize the tax, um, which is no bad thing. And we, we do support that. Uh, but it, the important thing is, is that for family and business, you can use a trust to hold assets that actually avoid probate. Now, if you can avoid probate, then you avoid inheritance tax. Uh, now, the trust may have some taxes, but there are steps you can take to gift to family and to use a trust as a third party administration of, of your, your personal and your business affairs. So in the same way that a, a business is run by directors and not the shareholders, uh, a family's wealth, their property, their investments, the business can be administered by trustees. Now those trustees can be family trustees and there are again tax issues, but the potential to avoid inheritance tax by using uh, administration during your lifetime it can be more than worthwhile for expat family business living working abroad. To look at more ideas on that, contact us at productpartnership.com. Uh, it's certainly a good reason to make a will. It might be a good reason to go a bit further. A will creates a trust on death, and it may be that uh, an administration of your, your affairs during your lifetime could work. Uh, gifts, um, depending on the size, can be free of inheritance tax and free of capital gains tax. Uh, there might need to be a bit of time before that's made. So even if you've got a, a long-term illness, you can still make those gifts and, and prepare and avoid the probate administration. Cross-border, the, the final good reason I want to share with you today for making a will is that if you're enforced to do an administration because you've got a property in Portugal or Spain or, or Cyprus, or, you're, or because you're in the EU and they're forcing you to settle your worldwide affairs, your assets in other jurisdictions need settling as well. So if you've got um, uh, uh, property in the UK, if you've got business that's registered in, in Ireland or Malta, if you've got um, investments that, that, that are worldwide, those investments um, need to be managed in, in such a way. And it could be that in each jurisdiction in which you hold uh, a property investment, a bank account, you need an administration for each of those. So despite the fact that uh, the EU require you to have a worldwide administration in one country, you've still got to go to those second jurisdictions to, to uh, do an administration. Now, there's two ways to do that. You can get your 
administration from the country in which you're resident, Cyprus, uh, Spain, France. Uh, and then you can get certified translations of that. Then you get the apostille. And then you can go along to the second country and, and use a, a, a second representative to start putting in an application there. You can't do that until the first administration is well underway. So it's going to be a delay of six to 12 months before the family can touch those assets. So another good reason for making a will is uh, for each jurisdiction is that it speeds the process up and ensures that you're moving along in such a way that you can do a UK and a Cyprus and a Spanish uh, administration of the affairs at the same time, uh, minimising the, the disruption and the cost uh, to the family. If you're using uh, a, a lifetime trust administration, then that will also involve, um, that will avoid the cost of doing uh, the administration in each country. So it actually adds up both ways depending upon how the expats affairs are sorted out. So if you've got um, uh, assets in multiple countries, you need a will for each of those jurisdictions. The next step to protect family and business is, is, is to put your lifetime administration under the control of a third party. Those trustees could be your family or yourself, um, um, in the same way that your business is run by a board of directors. So lots to do there, lots to consider, uh, but we've given you one good reason that expats need to make a will and, and one good reason why you need uh, expats need to make a will for every jurisdiction in which you've got assets, whether they're business, investments, savings uh, plans. So consider that. Contact us at proactpartnership.com uh, if you just want advice uh, ongoing online, you can subscribe as a product retained client, either just for online chat advice or for the full consultant service uh, as a retained client. Uh, if you've got a specific question, we're for free reviews to all new in, uh, inquiry clients. So you can contact us at productpartnership.com. Thanks for listening. I um, hope you found it useful and informative. And I hope you found more than one good reason to make a will in Cyprus. Thanks for listening and see you next time.